I'm going in. As of today, the New York Yankees are a playoff baseball team. A doubleheader sweep of the Red Sox has put them in that second AL wildcard, and we are officially in the thick of the playoff push. I'm Steve Armato, and Daily Dingers is back today, not only with Jack Perotti, but with special guest Danny Brasco. Danny, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. I love the intro, talking about the Yankees back in the playoffs. I'm jacked up, so let's talk some baseball. Let's uh, let's cash in on some bets, and, and let's get after it, y'all. I love it. So, like, let's start with you, though, all right? So I, we want to know here, how did you get into the sports gambling world? So I've certainly been, you know, obsessed with sports as a child, um, and then broadcasting became a big passion of mine. So I went to broadcasting school. I really got into, um, you know, the whole uh, delivery of, you know, you know, just the theater of sports and being behind the microphone, being behind the camera. And that really, you know, combining the two with not only research and analysis and breaking games down, but then, of course, just my innate like love for the game. Uh, and, of course, just just need to have some adrenaline and thrill on it. Uh, got me all mixed up in uh, in the great wild world of sports gambling, and uh, it's just too much fun to to be invested in a game like that, and then also learn about you know beyond the the uh, the breakdown of the game, the math behind the betting and the analysis and strategy behind that. So such a cool combo uh, and intersection of worlds, and I love it so much. Best job in the world. There's honestly nothing better than just sweating out a bet real quick. Like it's it's the best feeling in the world. Even if you're losing, it's just it's so exhilarating. Winning's obviously better, but you mentioned like how much research and every planning goes into it. What kind of things are you looking for when you're doing that? You know, typically, um, of course, you want to know about the game and the matchup, right? The hitters, the batters, um, what have you. What goes into that? The history of the teams, recent trends. Uh, but there's much more beyond that that the average sports better, I think, will overlook um, things like line movement and how uh, how the marketplace is adjusting. Just like a stock, I try to I try to anybody that's serious about sports betting that does it on a daily basis, I try to um, get them to analogize and analogize it. I think that's a word to uh, <laughs> to stocks and bonds in the stock market and how prices fluctuate. And the market tells you things about cyclical trends. And the same goes for picking a team. Um, and so looking at things like that, along with thinking about probability and what the odds are and what, what that implies, how often do you have to hit that bet for you to make money? All those things go into betting on teams beyond just who's pitching, who's hitting home runs, and, uh, and who do I think is the better team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So actually, that, that actually kind of goes hand in hand here with, with my next question. It's a little bit of fun, but since you were talking about stocks, we're in like this big uh, meme stock um, world these days. So, like, what is the one of the ballsiest bets you've ever placed? Ballsiest bets I've ever placed. That's good. That's good. Um, perhaps out of fandom a little bit, just to contradict everything I just said. Uh, I'm a big Giants fan, and I will place a futures bet almost every season on the Giants and the Yankees, even when I, <laughs> the Giants had zero shot. Zero shot. Uh, like, we drafted Daniel Jones. And I was like, cool, I'm going to put, like, a grand on the Giants to win the Super Bowl. And they have no chance. But you know what? I I'm down to ride. And so some bets, you know, are just for fun. And, and like Jack said, just the sweat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, I feel like betting on your team, though, sometimes, all, like, will come to bite you because it's just double as painful, you know? 
you you pay yeah right a lot of people say hedge your happiness right you're watching your team the happiness right? the Yanks are playing i bet on the yanks and then you know they're not doing so great maybe it's a close game still and someone's like should we hedge should we bet on the red Sox? i don't hedge happiness you but you know you pay for you pay for the glory or, or you know you paid to, to to live with it and and eat that I, I love it. Live and die with the team is it, it double as much as you usually do. Can't, can't hedge your happiness. That's not a thing. I don't hedge. That's not how happiness works. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Speaking about the Yankees, though, I mean, they've been a completely different team since the All-Star break. I did place a bet on them a little bit ago, a future plus 150 to make the playoffs. It's looking awesome so far. I knew. I feel like you always kind of knew this team was better than what they saw, but like, you're watching them all the time. You're a huge Yankees fan. What's been the difference between – First half of the year Yankees and second half of the year Yankees. You know, it's going to sound corny almost, but every summer the Yankees, like, magic comes into play. And we typically will always have slow starts in April. The, you know, the the media buzz comes about, oh, here, here come the you know, Yankees, all these offseason acquisitions. Look at this lineup. They're not hitting. And in, you know, April closes, even May, May finishes, and we're, like, below 500 maybe. You're just eking to be 500. And then all of a sudden – Trade deadline happens. We're usually pretty aggressive. This year, we were way more aggressive than I even expected. I mean, I thought we would get somebody, maybe a pitcher, but we went and stole Rizzo from the Red Sox. I, I didn't expect that. Okay, I expected I expected Gallo, but not Rizzo. Did not Which expect I, both. I, you expected both, Steve? No, I didn't. Did not expect both. I expected one or the other. Yeah. yeah, and and when we got Gallo, I was a little bit frustrated, like a lot of Yankee fans, like just another power hitter. I get it, the short porch in right field, but the and the lineup was an issue right we weren't really hitting you know if you look at the names on paper compared to the numbers we're putting out the output wasn't there getting gallo i understand the logic behind it but i wasn't in love with another guy that bats 220 and you're hoping just he hits the ball over everyone's head i wanted a contact guy a speed guy or a or a pitcher more than anything but out of nowhere i mean not only gallo and rizzo are they producing like crazy just from the start but the pitching has gotten great guys like luis mm-hmm. q these like you know, young young gunners, uh, Nestor Cortez, these guys that are just kind of scrapping Great out games for us right now. Like, we're, we're playing as a team. That's as corny as it sounds. We're playing as a team. The Yankees' summertime magic is heating up, and uh, and we're beating our division rivals. It's, oh, it feels so good. It warms my heart. See, like, see, as you know what, it, it does happen every year, and it's we're both in New York, so, like, we both see this. The Mets and Yankees are the complete opposite. The Mets are always like out of the gate, like April, May, playing well. We got a little further this year. Usually we're done in June. Now we're just done in August. But like it flips. Like the Yankees always come on towards the end, right? And now where we are is they're in the wild card spot at the moment. They're only four and a half behind the Rays. And I have, I am in the minority in this situation where I still don't think the Rays are that good of a team like I know they're winning baseball games and stuff but I actually I don't know I I think without Glass now I don't think they're that good I know they're hitting I know they added Nelly Cruz which was great but I am of the belief that maybe the Yankees can catch them for the division how do you feel at the end of 162 where are the Yanks can they win this division or are they a wild card team I think they can win the division um Again, everything I say, small grain of salt. I'm willing to be pessimistic about my own team, but I am very hopeful. And if you look at the team, it was waiting to explode, like you guys said, this entire time. People, we're still we're still unhealthy. We're still banged up. COVID injuries, what have you, right? We're still waiting for Garrett Cole and, and Anthony Rizzo's on that list now too. So, uh, or excuse me, we were without Garrett Cole for a while. Even so, 
everyone, you know, all the all the all the role players and and even Aaron Boone pushing the right buttons. But that's actually the point that I want to bring up is Aaron Boone on the Yankee side. Well, you have Kevin Cash on the Rays side, and he's he manages the team so well. Uh, I just the Rays are such like a every every year you look at them. There's no names that jump out on paper. Glass now as a, as an ace in the rotation, perhaps just him. Other than that, it's like they invented the bullpen day. Like where everyone else is trying to piece together relievers and figure out how to manage their their bullpen and their rotation, the Rays just have like an army of relievers that can come out and throw like fifty eight innings in a row and shut you down, go matchup for matchup. Cash just manages them so well, so that's the hardest thing to get past the Rays. Is every day they have some some new little tool or trick they can throw at you, and they're tough, man. They're tough out. I feel like with the, how much flack Kevin Cash got last year in the World Series with Blake Snell, he's still one of the best managers in baseball. Like, it doesn't matter. You could have a bunch of dudes that only played a double A. They all come up for the Rays, and they'd somehow find their way into the playoffs, I feel like. they just That's always what the Rays do. Yeah, yeah. Developing talent as well, it's a great point. Yeah, they're just oh, yeah. They're a good organization, yeah. They really are. They know how to do it. They know how to, how to do it, like, the right way. Like, they build from the farm because they – don't pay for anybody. You have to like, the raise. But that's but that's what you got to do. But I just am. I feel they are a better version of how Oakland did it. But it hasn't. And I know they went to the World Series last year. But it was a sixty game season. I don't. I just feel like in the playoffs you need more than the analytics and the bullpen days. I feel like when you get to the postseason, when you get in these short series. You need two starting pitchers that can go toe-to-toe with anybody, and you need to have situational hitting. Now, the Rays have gotten better at that this year, but can they do it in a short series against an Astros or against the White Sox? I think that remains to be seen, to be honest. I don't know. I'm in the minority, though, like I said. No, it's a good point. You need, like, straight-up workhorses, and... uh... Yeah, of course, analytics always come into play, but postseason, you know, those big moments like matchup for matchup, sometimes you throw all that stuff out the window. It just doesn't end up mattering because uh, it's about is that guy ready for the moment? I don't care that the splits are great, right? It's just uh, put this guy in this one scenario, forget the 10 times before what happened and, and what happens in an October game. And uh, that's always, you know, up for, up for grabs. But, uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned the shortened season last year. I feel like a little bit – I don't want to put too much stock into what happened last year. Like every – every, and especially as a salty Yankee fan who, you know, didn't get anywhere last year, uh, anybody that had anything to gloat about their team's success last year, I just would say to them, like, play 162. Play 162 and then let's see. Because it's that's why baseball is a different game than anything else. You play 162 games. Whoever is healthy and on top at the end of that long stretch – then you can start the playoffs. And the entire landscape and dynamic has changed. So I'm still not putting too much stock into what happened in the shortened season. Uh, I will say, though, one of my bold predictions for this year is not going to come true, and it's that the White Sox were slightly overrated. That isn't true. They're freaking good. They're (laughs) awesome. I I don't know how they've done this with all those injuries they had for, like, damn near the entire year, too. It's wild. Yeah, are we was, are we giving are we giving a little bit of credit to Tony Larusa? He took a lot of slack. He I took a lot he's of flack. Be early manager the of the year, dude. Honestly, he, he took a lot of flack early in the year for whatever was going on. But I mean, he's held that team together, and they are they're good, man. They're I, good. I, maybe is it possible that a team with all those personalities needed someone to kind of like set them straight, just like a bit? Like it's I don't know. 
Probably. And, and you hear you hear those guys talk about him. They love him. Like oh, they love yeah. him. I didn't think, you know, he might have maybe maybe he wouldn't fit with the clubhouse quite, you know, maybe sort of like an old timer with a bunch of new, you know, young, energetic, kind of vibrant new guys. And I don't know if it was the right match, but that you listen to Tim Anderson and you know, uh, plenty of other guys and leaders on the team talk about him. They all love Larusa, so yeah, he's certainly a candidate for I mean, AL Manager of the Year. There's a reason the dude's a Hall of Fame coach. Like, yeah, absolutely. All right, so now let's get into the reason that everybody listens. Today's slate. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some bets. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm prefacing mine by saying that you probably aren't gonna love my best bet, Danny, but like it's fine. We're not we don't care about me today. It's all about you. So where are you starting with your best bet for today? Best bet today, my very best bet. You know, I'm still waiting on some lines to come out, actually. Um, still waiting for some uh, adjustment and movement. I was wanting to take a look at the Phillies Diamondbacks game. I don't have a line quite out on that. Yeah, but as the the Phillies were losing last night, I was like, oh, I'm I'm looking forward to betting them uh, tomorrow whenever the Diamondbacks beat someone or go on a little run where they look like, oh, Diamondbacks playing a little baseball. You know, I'm, I'm ready to fade them instantly. So I am waiting for the Phillies to come out. Um, but I do like um, – you know what? I'm just going to go into it right away. I actually like a huge underdog today. I'm looking at the Oakland Athletics at plus 165 right now. And you take them plus one and a half, uh, that's minus 115. So you get that run cushion for a really good price still as well. And, of course, Lance Lance starting for the White Sox, who's their ace, their workhorse, and he's tough to beat. The Yankees did get to him last time. He only went four innings last time around. And I think that this start – talk about market and prices and stocks i think that lynn's price in this start here is being a little overvalued because the white Sox just beat up on the a's a couple games in a row these teams aren't that far apart um cole Irvin is a really quality starter for the athletics and i mentioned line movement money action as well it's early on today so we'll have to keep tracking this but as of now the money is about evenly split between the two teams so typically when you see a minus 180 favorite like the White Sox, you're going to see the money much more in their favor. But with a plus 165 underdog, you're seeing about 48% of the money already still on the athletics. That's a sign to me that maybe the market isn't quite adjusted based on a plus 165 money line. So at plus one and a half, I like that, uh, along with sprinkle, sprinkle the money line as well. I think the A's can steal the last game of the series against the White Sox, and uh, I think there's a, a good number on that. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that one out. Love I love I love betting on the A's. I've bet on the A's a bunch this year, and they have not let me down on a they, lot of situations. Um, that's just the A's in general. They're severely underrated by everybody all the time. Always, Espe always. especially the books. So I I love <laughs> I love betting on them. Now, Jack, what do you got today? Yeah, I'm not going to have as uh, analytical or perfect of an analysis as Danny had here, but. <laughs> This, if you guys know me, you know my principles. If I see an insanely high over, I will take it every time. This is the highest over I've ever seen in my life. Rockies Padres today with Jake Arrieta on the mound. First start for the Padres. Over-unders at 14. I'm hammering that. It's minus 105. The last the last time there was – the highest over we've seen this year was minus, or it was over-under 13 and a half, and I hit that. I think it hit in the fifth inning. They had like a total of 20-something runs in that game. It was crazy. It, it's the books are basically daring you. Like everyone's probably going to take the under in this one because fourteen so insanely high. That's why I'm going to take the over. I love it. I I just want to get root and I want to watch this game and just watch an insane amount of runs. It's going to be so fun. 
14 is a crazy number. That's it's stupid. You're right, though. That is, it does feel like a dare to take the under. And you mentioned, uh, oh, my God, early on, again, 91% of the money is on the under. So the dare is being taken, and you're going you're gonna to go the opposite way, which Let's I like. Let's go. Listen. That's, that's what I always try to do with these things. That's like if there's a super low under or a super high over, just do what everyone else isn't going to do. Listen, so I'm going to go into my underdog instead of my best bet because this has to do with this game here. But I'm doing Rocky's first five money line at plus 105, basically because you didn't mention this, Jack, which I will bring up here. The Padres signed the ghost of Jake Arrieta last week, and he's pitching in Coors Field today. I forgot to mention it was in Coors, too. Yeah. And, like, that, you're going to have some issues. Like, his ERA is 6.68. He's been god-awful this year, and... I just the, I think like listen Austin Gomber hasn't been awesome, but the Padres don't really have the Padres aren't a team that they hit much better against lefties than they do against righties. They're pretty much the same here. I don't like the Rockies bullpen at all. I think the Rockies bullpen can give up a ton of runs, but I think Jake Arrieta is going to get shelled. So just give me the Rockies on the first five money line today at plus one hundred five, and the Rockies are a completely different team at home. So that's what I'm going to do, and I think dude, we're going to. The we're going to hit that 14, too. The fact that contender signed Jake Arietta in the middle of August is crazy to me. Maybe there's ones who can eat up some innings or something like that, like every five games, but that what what are they thinking? Yeah, <clears throat> the ghost of Jake Arietta is the best way you could have said it. It's like when Literally. the Cardinals, who are less of a contender than the Padres, but the Cardinals signed J.A. Happ. And I was like, what? What? Oh. in what way does that benefit? What addition is that? And like you said, maybe just go eat innings. Our relievers are tired today. Pitch four, don't give up ten runs, and we'll pay you, you know, a bag of nickels. It's like it's insane to it's insane to me. What because the thing is with guys like that, you they could give up eight in two innings if you just let them like hang them out to dry. Like Arietta gave up seven in the first inning his last time out, and he got DFA'd, and now he he gets signed, and he's starting a week later. Like what? There is nobody you having. There's nobody you have in your system that's better than him. Well, what about like Terrence Gore? Yeah, I, I don't. Well, actually, Jake, he's hurt. Jake Arrieta got DFA. Like he's he was a beast on the Cubs for that little oh my run. God. Was it 2015 Arrieta? Best one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my life. Not yeah. it's not that far. Not that, that not that long ago. Matt no. Harvey, Jake Arrieta, those guys were in that. In that you know that was their era, and all of a sudden these are they're getting designated for assignment. But I, Rockies first. Rockies some. And you guys are talking about them at home. They're ridiculous at home. Every time this team is like, I put them in the company of the Padres and the Orioles and the league's worst teams, and they go home and they're unbeatable. It doesn't it's, make sense. It's crazy. It makes no sense. Maybe maybe they're doing an Astros thing, like a like a 2016 Astros thing where they got they got, got something the going on. You they know, got the telescope, the video replay situation going. Maybe they got the sticky stuff. They're using they got, every everything they can. They're throwing they're throwing the whole ball of wax at you here. They, they got know. that humidor there. I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it's it. It's the check the humidor. Check the humidor. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it makes no sense. Yeah, they, they it, it makes no sense. Like they are so much better at home than they are. They had one of the worst road records. They had they had six wins on the road before like three weeks ago, and then they actually went like seven and six on like a 13 game stretch on the road. But before that they were like one of the worst road teams in baseball, like completely different team.
You know right. what? I, I was listening to the uh, – I was watching – streaming a Rockies-Padres game, and I was listening to the Rockies broadcast, something that you're not going to hear me say too often. <laughs> and and uh, the announcers were talking about how they think that the Rockies pitching staff has figured out the ballpark, how to pitch there. They have that really high right field now. Oh, so, so just feed that side of the plate. Exactly. So to lefties, it's a little harder to hit a home run. You have to really get a high a launch angle on it. You have to hit the ball high in the air. And just beyond that, the dimensions of the park, the humidor, how the ball carries. Uh, the, the, the announcers were talking at, at good length for, uh, you know, uh, about how they've really understood how to pitch into the park, which Coors Field is a notorious hitters park. So uh, I guess the pitchers have, have found a, a secret of, of the field. Well, it's super interesting. It's true, too, because even like if you ask John Gray, John Gray is better at home in cores than he is on the road. And it's like significant. And apparently the thin I but I don't know if this makes sense. They were talking about the thin air helping his fastball. Your ball breaks more in thin air from what I've heard. Yeah, but I mean, these like these the road team still gets shelled. So I don't like that's actually what they were saying is uh, the. Their, the, the starting pitcher's fastball rate is much higher at home. They throw their fastball much more often and to a good deal of success in the park. I guess they're keeping it in the ballpark. They're feeding it to the inside of the plate, and, you know, not letting people go out yard on them to right field. Whatever it is, the fastball rate was much higher. That is actually what they said. That's wild. Listen, this is the type of insight we give you on this show here. So now, all right, so, what, so now. What you get from listening to Rocky's broadcasts. That's it. Not nope. everyone's doing that. You and like six other people. It's crazy. No. <laughs> so, so Danny, what is your, what else are you looking at today? I know you just jumped into the A's. What else you got today on the slate that you're looking at? Line movement, whatever it is. So I got, I got a little two for one for you here. And it's, it's going to fall under the same umbrella. I'll either be wrong twice or right twice, most likely. So I'm willing to take that chance. Um, I'm looking at uh, two bets in the St. Louis Cardinals versus Milwaukee Brewers game. Good game in the NL Central. Uh, two teams that really have, you know, can rely on pitching and defense. Certainly the Brewers have a stacked lineup. But the Cardinals and the Cardinals have seriously underperformed for a long time this year. They're making a run now. Both teams look like they're playing pretty good baseball, and the Brewers look like a serious contender now. So in this matchup here, it's going to be Freddie Peralta, who's been electric, was an NL All-Star for the Brewers, against Jack Flaherty, who's pretty much the ace, I mean, of the Cardinals at this point. Wainwright, Wainwright can still pitch, and he's, he's done well in the last couple starts, but Flaherty, who missed some time, is, is really the guy for them. I hit this bet last night. I'm going to bet it again. I like the nerfy no run in the first inning to occur. Now, last night it was a sweat. I thought I was a lock. Wainwright versus Burns. I thought they're both going to strike out three guys. I'm going to go to sleep watching this bet. Uh, it took a play at the plate, a, th a gun from Tyler O'Neill in left field to barely get a Brewers runner out. And that preserved, and that was in the top half of the first inning. <laughs> Burns, Burns went out, and did his thing in the bottom half, so that that was cool. But uh, it was close. It was a close one, man. So uh, you know, I think I think even even though I had to sweat it out, I like it again here today. No run happened in the first inning, and then to that same point, looking at this pitching matchup, looking at the way these teams played yesterday, it was a two nothing game. Even though the Brewers were able to get a lot of hits, Wainwright could wiggle out of jams. Cardinals defense played really well. A bet that I often like to take is runs hits and errors do you guys ever bet on that never no. have really never so have. i'm a big i'm a big fan of that you'll see a line for the combined runs hits and errors for a certain team 
So typically you're going to see something or for, excuse me, for both teams, it's like betting on an over under, but the mm -hmm. combined statistics in the, in that box score for both teams, typically you're going to see it in the mid twenties. Uh, if you have an ugly pitching matchup, maybe high twenties, low thirties, even uh, this one's not quite set yet. I, I imagine it'll be somewhere 24, 25, but I'm going to bet the under runs hits and errors. I think both pitchers do a nice job of managing the game. And we saw a two nothing game yesterday. I think we're going to see something like that again, three to one, four to two. And we'll hit the under on that. So those are my bets in that game. I like that. I could have taken so many unders on the Mets this entire year and made so much money from that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, all those goose eggs they threw up in the box score. That's so they did. They get two. They 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 get two hits through seven innings every night. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, yeah. The, I, I like hit, hit that up for the Mets. That's that's a great bet for the Mets. Yeah, they they <laughs> they stink. I'll get off them, Jack. Jack, what else you got today, dude? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Tigers plus 115 at home against the Angels and Shohei Otani. It just seems like something that every single person, their mom is going to be betting on the Angels with Otani on the bump. But you look at the Tigers at home, they're not horrible. Plus 115 as well as seems kind of like a Tigers line in general. I've done really well when I bet Tigers money line bets for some reason this year. I had them in like plus 280 one day and it hit. That was wild. Um, but yeah, I, I really like them today. I just think Shohei Otani is not, you know, him, Walsh, those dudes haven't really been hitting incredibly well lately for the Angels. I think the Tigers, uh, I, I don't know, I like Scooble. I think he's going to lock them down. I think the Tigers win this one today. It's a Tigers line. I'll say that. Very it's a Tigers line. The only thing that scares me is Scooble has not, like, he strikes guys. He's one of those guys that strikes a lot of guys out, but he gives up a lot of hits. And it's not mm -hmm. like he gives up like little dinky singles. Like he gives up like shots in the gap. He gives up like he gives up doubles and home runs. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. But Jared Walsh hasn't hit a home run in like a month. He's he's hitting like 200 in the last like six weeks. Only reason I know that is because I traded for him in fantasy, and he's been god awful since I traded for him. <laughs> Otani Otani's still Otani, but like the rest of that lineup, nobody scares me. So I kind of I see where you're going with it. The only thing that scares me is Scooble can like implode at any moment that's the only thing that scares me i mean that's that's what you get when you bet on the tigers in general you never know <laughs> and you know what i feel like fading shohei has become semi-popular like i like your logic behind this and and you're right uh i just went to check early on again it's it's you know a lot of a lot of day left before all the all the betters come in and uh, this data changes but early on in the morning uh 90% of the bet slips are on the Angels. So, right, Shohei comes to town. Everybody and their mother wants to see the, you know, modern Babe Ruth. They put their, you know, a couple shekels on them. And all of a sudden, you're looking at everybody in the world on the Angels. What a better time to jump off that train and fade them and go Tigers. And you're right. This is a Tigers line all the way. 100%. It is. All right. Now, I'm, I'm going – I've done this. There's a third time doing it this week. It's just because um, – I don't know. This is Red Sox first five, team total over two and a half is what I'm doing. That's at minus 120. Look, bottom line is this. Andrew Haney is a fly ball pitcher who is pitching in Yankee Stadium against a really good Red Sox lineup. I know the Red Sox have been silenced. They got silenced yesterday for the most part, but um, they could mash at any moment. Haney has not been very good. A good performance for Haney at this point would be to give up three runs in four innings, which still gets you there. So I'm going to take the Red Sox first five team total over two and a half here. I'm keeping it simple on this one. I just you got to fade Haney here. That's how I feel about this. I mean, he's he's. I'm sure Danny knows a little bit more right now, being a Yankees fan, but he's just not good, Andrew Haney. 
we talk about pitchers that why are we acquiring them? <laughs> Jake Arrieta, <laughs> Jay Happ, Andrew Haney. Why? Why? How does that help us? What is – show me – obviously, look, if I was as smart as these guys in the front office, you know, I'd be in Yankee Stadium signing checks right now instead of, uh, you know, in my room. But I don't get it. Show me a number. Show me a statistic. Show me – how does he improve our team? And against the Red Sox today, I'm terrified. I love this little run we're on. You know, it's awesome. We're beating up on the Sox. We're catching up in the division. We took both in the doubleheader yesterday. Like, feels great. Today feels like, all right, our luck has run out. Like, Andrew Haney is starting. We shut the socks down twice. This lineup, like you said, Steve, is capable of mashing any day. I'm not mad at your bet at all. As a Yankee fan, look, I can have pride in my heart, but I got to use my brain up top. And uh, I think I think uh, Devers or Martinez, Bogarts, I think the, the big names of the socks are going to smack the ball today. Yeah, and, like, the thing about Haney, too, is – if you notice, he's actually not like the worst the first time through the lineup. But when they see him the second and third time, he cannot get anybody out. You saw that in the Field of Dreams game. My God, the the White Sox just piled it on. It's yeah. it's like I that to me he's a he's like a reliever because he could get people out one time through. After that, so I don't know what the Yankees were doing. Maybe they were just thinking like, hey, if you give us three innings, great. But that's besides the point. We're going to move off that. We got to speed this up a little bit here. That'll just bring us. We're going to end with our daily dinger, our home run prop bets. Danny, what do you have today, sir? You spelled it out for us, man. Heaney's pitching. He's a fly ball guy. And as much of a Yankee fan as I am, I got to just see the data. I got to read the tea leaves over here. I actually like J.D. Martinez to go yard today against my boys. Uh, short porch in right field. I know it's a lefty-lefty matchup, but Martinez can hit lefties. Certainly, he's proved that. And he's got 10 at-bats against Heaney uh, on his career. Three hits, two of those homers, three walks as well. So he's getting on base against him. And um, he actually has a really good, a pretty good exit velocity and launch angle in those limited sample size of at-bats against Heaney. So I can see Martinez, who looked like he was just off yesterday. He was getting shut down. Just didn't have the swagger juju going at all. At-bats were ugly. I can see him turning that around today. And uh, going lefty, lefty home run into that short porch and right against Heaney. JD Martinez yard. I mean, JD mashes the baseball. So he hits it hard. He hits he hits the ball as hard as anybody in the league. Um, I actually I like that a lot. I'm a big I thought he was a righty. No, or is he that? Is he lefty? Maybe I'm just got everything mixed up now. Excuse me, he is a righty. Why did I say is lefty, he? lefty? Why am I? I was picturing Devers <laughs> in my mind, but JD Martinez. Uh, is the man that I'm thinking of. Well, he could still hit a line drive out to right off. He hits his power the other way is insane. It's yeah, crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like even on a breaking ball, you know, he'll just, he'll just flip it the other way and it'll just carry over the right field well, wall. And now the righty lefty matchup is even way more favorable. Yeah. I think I was thinking of Devers, but JD Martinez, right now we got righty lefty as well. Yeah. You book it. He's going there. Dude, dude. I mean, yeah, the Reds, they're going to hit, they hit. And also I know you were definitely thinking of Devers because like that dude, I know we're getting off topic here real quick. I know we're running out of time. That dude is having a year, man. He's hitting like 285. He's got 25 home runs. He's got like 90 RBIs. He's hard to strike out too. Like he's just hard to get out. His at bats are quality. Like he he's hard. He's frustrating to watch. Whenever the Yankees play the Sox, I'm just like I'm scared. Whenever Devers Je Devers and Martinez come up, I'm nervous. Yeah, I get that. That's I I, I would be too. But you know, I I get nervous when I watch my team just just take at bats because they don't hit anybody so uh, you know. but um all right jack what do you got today who's your who's your homer pick here 
See, first, I'm just proud you haven't gone to a real Mets rant yet today. That I'm very proud of you for that. Where is that? I need that. I did two <laughs> days in a row, man. I'm trying to like keep my blood pressure down today. I can't like three days in a row. They, I, you know what? I'm just you know, the thing is too like these people with Here the moral goes. the moral victories after losing by a run last night. Like you're four and a half back. You went from three up to four and a half back in 19 games. You guys stink. It's over. I'm done. I'm done. I knew Jack. it was coming. I knew it was coming as soon as I said that. The Jack, moral, the more he's sick of the moral. We played a good game last night. I don't. I want you to win. You know, we're all really good here. friends. Like, yeah, they're all good friends. That's the thing. Like they didn't want to do too many moves at the deadline because like the banner, clubhouse the banner. chemistry. Like yeah, like we're all friends. You guys stink. That's was it. that really the reason rationale? Yeah, like that was the rationale because they had good clubhouse chemistry. We can't like, break up the boys. No, you can. You, friendship you know forever. Friendship you know it doesn't. You know it doesn't win games. Friendship, clearly. It's like, <laughs> not true. It's it's not like, true. <laughs> you'll, you'll remember friendships for life. Yeah, yeah. You'll remember. You'll remember seventy and ninety-two. Also, that's because that's the record they're going to probably hey, finish man. with. Eighty-six. They were great friends, man. They were actually. They were. They were drinking buddies. I think that's it. I, I don't think they like party enough. I think that's the Doc, problem. Doc and Daryl. Let's go back let to the Doc boy, and Darryl. Let the boys booze and do whatever drugs that those guys are doing. Listen, yeah, they there, were doing a lot of blow. Maybe there's a blow. book. There's a book called "And the Bad Guys Won" about the '86 Mets because everybody hated them. So Noah Syndergaard is reading it right now. And he put up a page in the in the from the book, like a, a segment there. They drank every single night. So what they did, it said the passage I read. It was like it was only two pages. They would play a game, right? So say they had a travel day, right? They play a game. They'd have like four or five beers in the clubhouse, like waiting for them on ice. Get on the plane, drink the entire plane ride, land, go to the hotel, go out. Get ready oh to play the next God. Game. I mean, if that's what you got to do to win, that's what you got to do to win. But, like, don't sit here. T- like, Marcus Strom is talking about, like, meditation and being calm. And, like, they're eating cookies. They have a thing called the cookie club on, like, with Steve Gelbs. Like, <laughs> we're eating cookies. do not have a cookie club. Like, we're eating cookies <laughs> and we're meditating. Like, it's not a winning formula. I'm sorry, guys. Like, that's it. A cookie, cookie club. club. <laughs> you, got, you got to cut that out. That's it's like, it's like rid- ridiculous here. Like, all right, Jack, sorry. Who's going home? Who's going yard for you? <laughs> I'm dead. The cookie club. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go with Trevor's story against Jake Arrieta tonight in Coors. He's three for ten. I'm still dead at Cookie Club. He's three for ten with two home runs in his career against Arietta. He's plus three hundred. I'm I'm taking Trevor's story. All right. I I mean it's against Arietta in Coors. Like who doesn't like that? You should parlay the whole Rockies lineup one through literally nine. a nine 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 uh, nine league parlay. Easy money. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the story pick. He, hitting a home run at home today, the ghost of Jake Arietta. I love that's going to be in my head all day. That's <laughs> what that. he is. Oh my god! So when now, you I'm, Rockies, when you give your Rockies picks out today, just just tell just uh, tell it. the followers. Everyone, yeah. everyone, tune into that Rockies broadcast. That's it. They're gonna <laughs> his his fastball is not going to be much different. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, I'm doing a uh, Christian Yelich today. He is like mega juiced up on points bet. Plus 700. I, so I don't know why. I mean, I know he's having a down year. He's 8 for 25 with two home runs against Flaherty in his career. But I went a little deeper. He's, got, he's, got, he's hit in six of his last seven games. He's got three doubles in his last two. So he's starting to get the power stroke back a little bit. I think he's heating up. I think he's seeing the ball well. He sees the ball well against Flaherty for his career, obviously. I like the plus 700. Like, you could just sprinkle that. Like, that's just that's what that's, I'm doing. I like 
That's really, really good odds. It's, it's crazy. I like it for the odds alone because I, I was watching. I had a, a, a bet in that game. So I actually did watch the entirety of the Brewers-Cardinals game yesterday. And uh, it's interesting. Yelich, he was confused by Wainwright at first. He, he struck out looking, and he stared at three pitches. So he was sort of off to start the game. And he adjusted as the game went on. He, he ended up going two for four. His double that he had was a, a shot down the line. It was sort of like – I don't want to – it wasn't. It was like an excuse me double. Like he, he snuck it in inside the first baseline. But as the game went on, he started to like figure out how to how to just create hits. He's such a smart hitter, and he, it felt like on a day that he didn't quite have it, he still went two for four with a double, uh, and and I think he scored a run. So today, I, I do like that. I think he's he's one of those. He's such an intelligent hitter, and, and even at a down plus seven hundred. Come on, it's Yelich. It's Christian yeah, Yelich. Like that's that's too, that's too much for a former MVP. Like I'm taking that every single time. I like right. it. I like it. Danny, before we get out of here, dude, I mean, we we did the nerfy already. So before we get out of here, tell everybody how they could find you. Hey, man, I'm the host of a sports betting show and, and page called Pick Profit. Uh, we're putting out free picks pretty much every day. Uh, we're doing live shows, breakdowns. Uh, I've even had the pleasure of having Steve on. Hopefully I get Jack on one of my shows soon. Do it. But uh, breaking down baseball and, and every other sport that's on, uh, like I always say, if uh, – if there's a ball being dribbled, if uh, someone's hitting a ball somewhere, if two people are punching each other in the face, whatever it is, I'm betting on it. So always covering sports gambling content, entertainment stuff, uh, all, all of those things at Pick Profit on Instagram. Come find us there and uh, hope to see y'all in the in the wild world of sports betting. Awesome. Danny, thank you so much for joining us, man. You, the, today was a lot of fun. Glad yeah, you got pleasure you being here. A lot, a lot of fun talking baseball with you guys, commiserating over the cookie club. That is hilarious. That's the funniest uh, thing I've heard in a long time. I, I'm, just, I'm just grateful that I was here for a Mets rant day. That, like, if that, I come back, I need another one. Dude, it's every day. Every every time you come on here, they'll have one. That's good TV. That's what people – that's radio. That's what that, they want to hear. That's what the people want to hear. I just give the people what they want and at the expense of, like, my blood pressure. So. <laughs> at the expense <laughs> of uh, my emotional health. It's fine. Exactly. All right, everybody. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com and check out everything our affiliates have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe to Daily Dingers on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Those are your best bets for Wednesday, August 18th. For Danny Brasco, for Jack Perotti, I'm Steve Armato. We will see you tomorrow.